It is Thursday, May 18th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, convincingly securing third place in the 2023 Jacksonville mayoral election, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. I don't think so. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. I am J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy hour ahead. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguar social media. The off-season program continues. Phase two, the final week of that coming up this week. OTAs, organized team activities, begin next week. We'll get some schedule reaction. Jeff Lagerman back with us. We'll go around the National Football League as well. Logs, good afternoon. Good to see you back. Welcome. Good to be seen. How we doing? Good, good, good. Yeah. Off-season programs rolling along. Phase two, mid-May, yeah. almost phase three, and phase two, uh, three next week. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's exciting. I actually caught a little bit of a practice uh, the other day and a little uh, bit of practice today. Uh, all right, you Just must kinda... have sources that can get you around. Yeah, it? you know, it was it, it's good, and uh, it's it's interesting how the progression is in in the season with these different phases, and to give people an idea of maybe what they are phase one is when they come in and they're working out and they can you know meet with coaches phase two they can actually have some on the field stuff but there's no offense versus defense drills you know they're actually the offense is on and then they leave and then the defense comes out special teams is the buffer between and then phase three is when they they put the helmets on and they can have competitive drills so it's cool and then mini camp kind of is on the very end of that uh, phase three it's really just phase three, but you have to be there for three days. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a great way. You describe it perfectly. It's, it's mini camp, essentially, and you have to be there. Whereas, you know, for example, like Evan Ingram, um, you know, he doesn't have a contract yet. So I, I don't know what the deal is with that as far as would he have to come or would he not. Franchise, he hasn't signed the franchise tag yet, so I guess he wouldn't have to come. But, um, but yeah, it, it's good. And I wish that. This had been around a long period of time in the National Football League, you know, back like when I played. <laughs> we've, we've heard stories before. Well, yes. I mean, just because I think it's smart. You know, it's a it's a gentle – I don't want to say gentle. I mean, you're, you're working towards a goal. And I think that that's, it's really smart, you know, to where you're – you're working your way with a with a progression and a mindset that says let's increase the amount that we're doing on the field to where then you kind of hit the crescendo, which is the mini camp, and then you have time off to where players can then fine tune their bodies prior to camp, and then you hit training camp, and then there's another acclimation period again, which is smart. I mean, compared to the old days where it was like, hey, let's put the pads on and crack heads day one, made no sense at all. So, but it's just smarter now. You got to get to the starting line. To begin with, and then in turn, that gives you a chance to get to the finish line of the season. Well, and it's, it's, I think it's changed the mindset of a lot of the coaches around the National Football League in a lot of ways. And that because you see a lot of these successful coaches that have been winning and that they're not concerned about day one, they are, mm-hmm. but they know that it's a long race and that you're trying to build your football team to be better when you hit the playoffs. Whereas the old mindset was, we got to win them all. We need to be at our best very first day, and if we're not, we're going to be behind. And so it's it's changed the mindset quite a bit, and I think it's for the better. Well, the schedule was was released a week ago today, and 
outside expectations for the team continue to rise after the release of that schedule, of course. Well, head coach Doug Peterson was asked at the start of rookie uh, rookie minicamp this past weekend how he manages those high expectations. The expectation is to win, you know, and and that was our expectation last year. And and even though parts of the year weren't as good as other parts of the year, you know, that still that still has to be, you know, priority. Got to win football games in this league, and and so. But but listen, it's. Um, as you guys know, you've heard it from me a million times. I mean, it's, it's one game, it's one day, it's one player at a time. You know, it's about the team, and we keep the team in in front and, and focused, and and uh, you know, it's the main thing, and you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, and and um, but yet expectations are, you know, to win games. The expectations are to win, but here's the path to do it player by player, day by day, building that momentum like you were talking about. Yeah, and and making sure that you're covering all of the things that need to be covered along the way so that when you're hitting your stride in the season, there's a very little time to kind of to go over the the minutia. You know, once you get in the regular season, you don't have time to slow down. Well, now's the time to slow down and to make sure that everything is taught, it's ingrained into the mind of the players and the system has uh, kind of an entirety to it to where you know, the team feels comfortable with any aspect of it. What did you think of the schedule, Logs? I like it. I mean, first of all, JP, the, uh, uh, the London thing I know you're excited about. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be cool to be able to be there for 10 days. I'm glad that it's a home and away game to where it doesn't kind of penalize any of the, the home fans here. And it's a great opponent over there in the Buffalo Bills. So I'm excited about that. I like uh, the idea that the home opener is against the Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, how could you ask for more there? Uh, will the Colts end up being uh, having, pl- or will they play a rookie quarterback? I'm, I don't know the answer to that, but I like the way the schedule lays out. And first of all, from a travel standpoint, besides 10, 10 days in London, there's no West Coast trips. No, the furthest west they go is Houston. Which is fantastic. It's fan- really, it's great. The, uh, the schedule looks favorable from, hey, look, you got, uh, you got a lot of early home games, but then late in the season you got enough to kind of keep you happy. So I, I like it. I, I don't think there's anything negative about the schedule whatsoever. Primetime games are cool. First time on Monday Night Football since 2011. First time mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football since 2008. Been a while. Yeah, and that and that's good. I mean, we and we were talking before the schedule came out last week, and I was like, "Look, it doesn't matter." But it, I mean, it does to, to some extent, just because you want the exposure for the for your your team and for the organization. And it's glad, I'm glad that the networks in the league recognize that this team is a draw with a young quarterback and a young ascending team to where they got they're, they're getting this national exposure. They deserve it. I mean, this is a good football team that that provided one of the most exciting playoff highlights in league history. They've got a young, exciting quarterback. They've got skilled players around him, uh, defensive guys that can go make plays, and they just now have to go do it on that big stage, well, too. The, That's the next step. The, well, the defense, I, I think the defense is going to need some work. And when I say need some work, they need to improve. Oh, yeah. I think the offense, at least it feels – you feel more comfortable when you look at the offense and you evaluate where the offense is at. Defensively, you feel like there's some work to do and there's got to be a lot of improvement from within. 
And so can they do that? That's uh, that's a big question mark. But there's enough on both sides of the ball and on special teams with Agnew that there's enough to watch nationally. People will oh, tune yeah. in for this team. Oh, yeah, and, and I, you know, I'm excited about some of these young players that they brought in. I mean, Harrison, I think, is uh, an outstanding young talent that's going to have uh, – I think once he gets even a little bit stronger, he's going to be really good. Uh, the tight end, you know, strange. I mean, I love him just because I think he's going to be an immediate impact guy, just like Harrison. And I like some of the later round picks, uh, their ability to compete and to contribute on special teams. You know, with the very last pick of the draft that they got, the linebacker slash fullback from Houston. Uh, I, I can tell you, watching the film on him, JP, I, I wouldn't play him at fullback. I'd play him at linebacker. You said that last time. I know. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. But he's he's he was lining up at rookie minicamp, at least with tight ends and doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and watched him a little bit this week, and I'd play him at linebacker. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, not. Fair I mean, enough. I'm not saying anything bad about what I saw. I'm just saying right. is that I still like the guy at, at he's a linebacking ripped, position. By the way. That's real. He's he's, he's yeah been he's, in the weight room. Yeah, he's put together. Yeah, I I I, I probably couldn't. Uh, be one of his workout partners, I can tell you that. But you know, look, uh, the the phase two stuff. The you know, Doug Peterson runs just such a a, a really smooth, organized practice, and and it's just impressive to watch. This is the first week where obviously the rookies are in the building with the veterans at the same time. So right. the rookies were here for their own mini camp, and there were nearly forty players for the rookie mini camp, including some tryout vets, some tryout rookies as well. And and after the fact, and, and we'll go over this a little later, they've signed a couple of those guys and released a couple of the undrafted uh, players that they had signed right after the draft. Uh, but now the rookies are still around. And they're with the veterans on the field in phase two, and it's their first opportunity to interact with the veterans on this team, with the coaches on the field, and all together as a team for the first time. And as you said, next week they'll uh, crank it up just a little bit more at least and put the helmets on and phase three OTAs. Yeah, it gets a little more competitive there you know, because then you start having offense versus defense, mm -hmm. which is prohibited in phase two. But uh, but it's but it's been good, and you, you, when you watch them out there this week, you can kind of tell the guys that are rookies and the guys that are veterans. You know, the the rookies are, you know, making sure they're giving one hundred percent on every play, and the veteran guys, it's it's just a little bit more relaxed for them because they know what they're doing, whereas the rookies are just you know trying to soak up everything that they can, and they're attentive and uh, uh, full of energy. First impression of Anton Harrison when you walked on the field the other day. Uh, good size, uh, but he's not as big physically as a Cam Robinson. I mean, Cam Robinson is kind of like a freak. He's tall and long arms and the but whole he's, deal. But he right? looks, you know, like some guys look inflated. Mm -hmm. you know, like they shouldn't be walking around at 320 pounds, okay? And when I saw Anton Harrison, I said, he can put on another 15 pounds and really not have him look, I mean, he would still look great. Yeah. I mean, so he's got an opportunity, I think, to get even bigger. Uh, but uh, his athleticism, is, I think, is really what stands out. He's got great feet, and his hands were very impressive when I watched the film on him. And uh, you can tell watching that uh, the guy works hard, and that's impressive, and that's what you need. You know, when, when your better players and your high draft picks have a certain established work ethic, that kind of raises the level of the work ethic of everybody around them, and that's what you want. 
Sounds like he's going to get a, every opportunity to be out there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they play. Um, the other guy that uh, I had a short conversation with today is, is Josh Wells. Ah, he yeah. looks he looks great. He looks great, and uh, he's so excited to be able to come back. And you know, he's had a house here since he was here as a player before. You know, he's neighbors kind of with Tyler Shatley, and they've both got you know a, uh, their family's got kids and. You know, he said it was kind of neat. You know, he says, when I got here, I was you know, kind of young and immature and then kind of went away and grew up, and now I'm back. And and so I'm excited for, for this football team to have him because I think he's a really good swing tackle option. And uh, and he looks so much bigger than what he did. And I was like, dude, I said, well, how much are you weighing now? And he goes, man, he goes, I think I put on about 20, 25 pounds wow. since I was here. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm talking – Solid twenty five pounds. Now, I mean, this guy not eating Cheetos twenty. No, pounds. no, 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 not not different. The, not the Jeff and JP twenty five pounds. <laughs> right, I can put it on. Yeah, yeah, we can yeah. put on twenty five pounds, but we we could, I don't think we could do it like that. No, we certainly. But it's good to see him. I mean, he's a good guy. I mean, he's one of the one of those guys that you know when they keep talking about that culture fit. I mean, he's one of those guys that fits the culture, and that that's exciting to have and. And the reality is, is that you can never have too many good tackles in this league. You just can't. You said their uh, neighbors Wells and, and Shatley. You think there's a fishing boat on that street anywhere? Probably. Probably yeah. a couple. Probably. I would guess. Yeah, for sure. And, and then, a lot of play dates with the kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's kids running <laughs> everywhere, all over there. The Jags are excited to take the field this fall. We want you here for all the action. For as low as fifty-seven bucks per game, you can join the ranks of the most dedicated fans and become a Jag season ticket member. Find your perfect seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Rookie tight end Brenton Strange explains what two tight end sets could bring to this offense. And that's next on Jaguars Happy Hour. Spread formations, but you have big personnel. How does the defense match up to that? Do you play your nickel package or do you now play more of a base package? And can you create a mismatch by having a lumbering linebacker on the field with Evan Ingram, who's really a jumbo wide receiver? When you put multiple tight ends on the field and you put them attached to the attacker, you now create an extra gap for the defense to defend. And depending upon maybe you put both tight ends beside each other on one side or opposite sides, it now forces the defense out of its comfort zone because it may be an unbalanced formation in terms of the symmetry isn't ideally the same. That's Bucky Brooks from the Huddle Up Podcast. Wednesday available in the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, of course, and Jaguars Radio Sideline Analyst. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Joe Fortunato, David Cho, and glad you're with us today as well on Jaguars.com, Jaguar social media, 1010XLAM, and uh, we're everywhere. We are everywhere, Logs. Mm. If you can't find us, look somewhere else. We're somewhere. We're yeah. everywhere. YouTube. Every, everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. That's your perfect. Are we on the website? Yes. It's a free one, too. Beautiful. Jaguars.com. Beautiful. No charge. Good. So, two tight end sets, and that's the conversation we'll hear from Brenton Strange coming up, the Jaguars rookie tight end, but you talked about him just a moment ago briefly, just your first impression, okay, he does have some size to him, he can move a little bit, you mm -hmm. saw him on tape at Penn State move all over the formation, 
and him combined with an Evan Ingram gives play callers and play designers all kind of opportunity to cross up a defense. I think Strange has got a unique ability to where he can play multiple tight end roles, whether it be an F, which is a fullback, H, which is a move tight end off the line of scrimmage, or even a Y, which is attached to the line of scrimmage outside a tackle. I think he can play any of those roles. What impresses me the most about him is his willingness and how good he is at blocking. And when I say that, there's a lot of tight ends that we've had here in Jacksonville that have been good at blocking, like Mercedes Lewis, okay? Um, uh, uh, the one we just had. Uh, we went to Denver. Man Hurts. Chris, uh, Chris Man Hurts. And Kyle Brady, going back into some of the older days. But what makes – him a little bit unique is that this young man from Penn State can block really well in space. What I mean by that is that can he block a defensive end on the line of scrimmage? Yeah, he can do that. But is he going to be as good as Chris Manhurts or maybe as good as Mercedes Lewis? Maybe not. But when he has to go down or up the field to block a linebacker or a safety or a defensive back in space, he is so good at that. It's I mean, it's when you watch him, you go, "How can anybody be that effective when you're trying to block somebody in a in a in a large area who's faster than you?" Yes, but he does it so incredibly well. And what I love about him is that he wants to bury their face in the dirt at the end <laughs> of the play. And he has capable receiving abilities, more than capable yeah, receiving sure. abilities. And so, I mean, you talk about a a fun new toy for Doug Peterson to take for a drive in this offense. I mean. I was watching the film, thinking of the possibilities, going, Doug's going to have a field day. Let's hear from Brenton Strange. And they used multiple tight end sets up in Happy Valley a good bit, and he certainly understands what that can bring. Yeah, when you have athletic tight ends such as like me, Evan, Luke, uh, and the rest of the guys in the in the room, you can you can create a lot of stress on the defense. It creates mismatches all over across the field, and uh, that's not only in the pass game, but also being able to go out there and, and run an eleven play and use us use it as twelve personnel, but then the next play maybe do hurry up or something and go out there and just and run the ball. So that's. That's the luxury of having great tight ends in your room. And like I was saying to him earlier, I just I can't wait to get in here with the older guys on Monday and, and learn from them and just pick up all the little details and, and everything. That's Brenton Strange, the full conversation available on Jaguars.com after rookie minicamp practice the other day. And, uh, yeah, so his ability combined with Evans, and then you got uh, play designers looking at it all offseason, ideas to go with that, and then they go draft somebody to fill that spot. And, hey, now the next couple of months, uh, Press Taylor and company are, are going to have some fun. I remember when when Strange, the pick was announced, and the the big tight end from Georgia, Washington, yes, Darnell was, Washington, was still on the board, and and a lot of people were probably very surprised. Mm -hmm. And I had not watched tape of Strange up until that point, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I better go watch the film on this guy to find out what the story is. And when I turned on the film, I was like, wow, this is really a unique kind of a tight end that's going to be, I think, in today's day and age of the National Football League, is going to be a very valuable player. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers ended up getting Washington, I think, later, uh, maybe in the second round or third round or whatever it was. And I think he's going to be a good player too, but he's very different. He's, you know, he's one of those true Ys. You couldn't play him in a role of the H or the F or anything of that nature. And so just to let people know, 
the F would be a fullback. The H would be just like a wing tight end that lines up more in the backfield. And Evan is more of like an H tight end, you know, a guy that moves a lot. And, uh, and Evans is a capable, willing blocker. Is he a very strong blocker? No, but he does a good job with it. And do you want him to go bang in there all the time? No, you want him running routes down the field. Well, you, just, you have two guys that have a little bit different skill sets. And, but at the same token, they can do some similar things, but they're, they're kind of better at, at you know, for example, like Strange is probably a little bit better at blocking in open space and being physical whereas Evan might be a little bit faster when he gets vertical. I mean, so they each have a skill set that the coaches are going to have a lot of fun utilizing. And look, uh, there's a lot of weapons in this offense now. Uh, so that leads us to our next conversation on Jaguars Happy Hour and 1010XL, AM and Jaguars.com, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman. The expectations for this offense. And we just heard from Doug Peterson a little earlier about the expectations for the team now rising and how do you manage those well, let's just go on the offensive side of the ball. When you've got Trevor, obviously, mm-hmm. the big receiver's coming back. You add Ridley to that. Uh, you got the tight end room going now. A deep running back room, by the way, to go with that. Which Let me just add a, a little quick little nugget. Who do you think is faster <laughs> in the running back room? Oh, gosh, that's a good one. Okay. Um, ETN? I, you know, you got – so – Or would you go with Bigsby – or who would you put if at how would you I rank seen, one two? I haven't. Yeah, I mean, mm. here's the crazy thing. Yeah, I, Etn probably in the open field, I think, is probably the faster. Bigsby, Bigsby ran a better combine forty. That's amazing than right? Etn. Yeah, I mean, think about that. And he's huge. And he's a too. big dude. He's bigger than you think in I mean, person. He's a big dude when you see him in person. You're like, yeah. good God! And he ran faster than Travis Etn. So. It's, I mean, that's that that's impressive, you know. You got two guys that can when they touch the ball, you could hold your breath for an instant because they've got the speed to go to the house. And you got Jonas Johnson who was brought in in this offseason, a veteran who's been at it for a while in the Jermichael league. Michael Hasty Hastie's did a great back. job last year although I you'd mean, like to have, you know, him kind of more in that special teams role, but if he's asked to do things, he's been very good at it. Can this be a 30 point per game offense? That, that was what the Chiefs were just under 30 points last year. Well, I, I think a lot of it depends on how good your defense is because time of possession is going to have, you know, you got to have time of possession to be able to score 30 points. Or an extra possession or two. All right. Yes. So, I mean, if your defense is giving up 10, 11, 12 play scoring drives, you know, then n- no, you can't get to 30 points a game. But if your defense is stout and turning the ball back to its off- or to the offense, then sure, they could, they could score 30. But uh, but the most important thing is scoring more than the opponent. Right, yes. It's if not you 30. 30 and they're scoring 31, yeah. Yeah. Um, guess what? If you got three <laughs> and the other team's got zero, that's enough. You're good. <laughs> three nothing. I don't think we'll see any of those. I played year. in one of those. <laughs> really? When? Yeah, New York Jets. When I was with the Jets, we played at Washington, and we won three zip. I covered a 3 nothing Sun Bowl one year. Exciting, huh? Pitt and Oregon State. What a way to spend New Year's Eve in El Paso. Exciting game there now. That'll bring him out. Yeah, but, uh, I like good defense, but uh, not to the point of it being three to nothing. Let's score some points, man. Yeah, That's what points. I love, I, look, Come on, offense sells tickets. You know, I, I, I was one of those – 
people that held on to, I like good defense. I don't mind low-scoring well, I, games. I didn't say I don't like good defense. I like good defense. Yeah, there, there can be good defense in a, in a 55, 60 points overall scored in a game. There can be moments of great defense. But you don't have the defensive dominance when you have a 55, 65-point total game. No. That means teams are scoring on you yeah. sometimes. And, you know, and I don't know, can you have – will there be dominance on the defensive side of the ball anymore? I mean, when, who was who the last great dominant defense in the National Football I mean, everybody kind of looks at the 2000 Ravens, right? Okay. That's it's a milestone team, at least. And today's best defense, probably the what, 49ers? Yeah. I mean, kind of looked at around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go back and, and you look at the Ravens, okay, when they were really good. Yeah. You go back prior to that, what do you think? 85 Bears? I mean, that's one of the big milestone teams, sure. I mean, yeah. you, can you have – a team that has that dominant def- – because, you know, here, here's – Some of those Cowboys defenses were pretty good. But here, here's why I bring that up. Yeah. On offense, you can be consistently good at scoring a lot of points if you have the quarterback. Correct. Right? On defense, it takes a lot of players. I mean, think about some of those great defenses that we're talking about. Yeah. And the layers of great players that they have—that Broncos defense that won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, 50, but right? they weren't, but they weren't on the level of the they had Ravens. Pass rushers, you know. Okay, okay, but they weren't on the level of the Bears or the Ravens. Yeah. But I mean, that's you have to have so many components to have that level of defense. Can you ever get there in free agency? Unless all of a sudden you just you just nail a couple drafts in a row. And I mean the the rules are slanted towards offense so much now. That's right. That you know if you're going to pile up money on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to get yards on you anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it that's a penalty it's, yards or otherwise they're it, getting yards. On interesting you. conversation though. But uh, are are the days of the dominant defense gone? Yes, I, I, hope, say I yes. hope not. At least in Jacksonville, I want right. to see this defense get dominant. <laughs> Let's get some takeaways around here. Yeah. Well, like, last year they did a great job with that. They did. Early and late. Middle season, Early and late. So yeah, they got a little bit eh, kind of eh in the middle. And turnovers, I think, made this defense better than what they were. I think the, the takeaways, which are, are a great thing, don't get me wrong, but I think the takeaways maybe masked a little bit of, of their issues that they were having. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. I mean, as long as it's happening, that's good. And so, so But you've got to progress to where – Okay, if we're not getting that many takeaways, you still have to elevate the level of play to a to a better level for this defense, and that's that's the challenge with Mike Caldwell and his group. And I think Mike Caldwell is a is a is a good coach, and I think he's going to have learned a lot from year one. And I think they're also they will have learned a lot about the personnel that they have have on that side of the ball because they have a lot of young players and when you have young players you think you know what they do good but sometimes until you get your hands on them and get them in your meeting room and get them on your practice field for a long period of time sometimes it's hard to kind of figure out exactly what they do well or get them in live action yeah that's when you really find out well th- i mean think about devin lloyd i mean devin lloyd didn't have any training yeah, camp last year that's right and so you thought that he would be okay and then at the beginning of the season he came out like gangbusters and was playing 
fantastic. Yeah. And then hit a spot where he struggled a little bit, and they had to sit him down. And then and now all of a sudden he started getting better towards the end of the year. But that that's one player that I am really excited about watching this year is Devin Lloyd. And and the reason why uh, I had a we had a little meet and greet kind of thing with some potential season ticket uh, owners today. Yeah. And I was asked about Devin Lloyd from one of the guys that was in there. And I said, you know, I said, out of all of the components of the defense and really the team in general, that's probably one of the more excited parts that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Because, you know, he had moments where he struggled last year, but then he also showed showed moments of excellence. And when you you hear about the type of person that he is and the type of leadership that he has shown in his past, mm-hmm. you know that he has the makeup to to come out of this on top. Can't wait to see him play this year. Logs, you're a wine drinker, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Well, I need you to elevate your game day experience with Vine 04 Napa Valley. It's the official wine club of the Jaguars. Sip on handcrafted Napa Valley wines and show your team pride with every pour. Visit vine04.com and sign up to receive three or six premium Napa Valley wine bottles twice a year, along with exclusive access to private events and complimentary tastings. Join the Vine 04 Club today and toast to the Jags' legacy with every sip. You're not a wine drinker. I, yeah, I, I could join the club. <laughs> you could join. I could join yeah. the club. <laughs> that, that was like that was a no. I could join the club. <laughs> no, I'm not a wine drinker. GM Trent Balky <laughs> on how the draft board fell. That's next on Jaguars Happy Hour. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But for the most part, you you, you got to stick to the, your board. Mm-hmm. And we did that. You know, the plan wasn't to go in and draft three offensive players necessarily in a row. Uh, that's just what happened. Right. Uh, but, but we're excited about what happened. So... Again, you worry about what you can control. You worry about the plan that you have set forth internally, and you let other people judge it however they want to. That's Trent Baalke, Jaguars general manager with John Osier on the Ozone podcast this week, available on the official Jaguars podcast network. They sat down, they rehashed the draft, the buildup, the aftermath, and the first time seeing all the rookies on the field last weekend, so uh, check it out. It's available now at jaguars.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the homepage, and you can listen to, hey, guess what, Logs? All the podcasts, they're all right there. That's a good thing. They're free there, too. Uh, can you subscribe? You can subscribe yeah. you can, anywhere you want. Um, iHeartRadio, iTunes, mm-hmm. Spotify, mm-hmm. wherever you f- download fine podcasts. I'm a Spotify guy. You are? Yeah, I'm a Spotify guy. I have it at the desk. Like, if I'm sitting in the office, I'll have it on. Yeah. Spotify. Spotify? Mm-hmm. And that's the only one you're subscribed well, to? Well, no, I'm subscribed to the uh, iTunes I- feed. Okay. Apple. It's You, know, you uh, might yeah. have heard of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a yeah, company yeah. out of yeah, you know, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And I think I have the iHeart app, too. So, I've got them all. I can get all the Jaguars content my ears can handle. Got a lot of content on your phone then. If you got a lot of apps, 
The, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because I'm not on every show. You you watch your own stuff too, don't you? It depends. Sometimes. Why? Yeah. I mean, it's a show. No, it's so a show. Make sure yeah. we're doing things yeah. okay. Exactly. That's you know? a, yeah, That's the response that I wanted to hear. That's all we're doing. Self-evaluation. You're that's always watching the tape, man. Yeah, watch the tape. There's Check always, the tape. There's always a way to get better. Check the tape. Check the tape Tuesday. I like it. Thursday. What I, day is it? Tuesday. Thursday? Tuesday. Today's Thursday. Yes, but... Normally, I do Tuesday. check the tape Tuesday. That's another show. Yes. Which is? Which is what? Jaguars Today. Is what yeah, you Jaguars Today Thank with you. Mike Dempsey on 1010. Well, yes. There's something wrong with you two. I know. It's all good, though. Hey, uh, rookies, we talked briefly about these guys. Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle. Brenton Strange, we heard from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Bigsby, of course. You know, you mentioned there's some room for Harrison to grow, but it sounds like he could have an opportunity early. Well, Strange is going to get some time, obviously. Bigsby's going to rotate in there. Those These guys are pretty much grown men. They're ready to roll. They, they can all grow in certain ways, I'm sure. But, but just seeing Strange and Bigsby up close for the first time this past weekend, that was a little eye-opening for me. I think that uh, the ones you're talking about are immediate contributors. And I think you also have some immediate contributors from a special team standpoint. Abdullah, I think, is going to be an immediate contributor on special teams. He's broader up top than I thought he was. Yeah, he's and he's and he's fast, yeah. fast, and he's got a a great uh, closing speed that is uh, impressive, and he's got great bend. He can bend it. I think the only thing, I mean, one of the reasons why he fell to where, where he was drafted is where he was at is just because of the height thing. I mean, if all of a sudden he's stretched out and he's six foot four, oh, he ain't going to be around in round, what was it, four, five, five? Was, May not be around in round two yeah, at that rate. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the only reason why. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good draft. But, again, we kind of did this exercise a couple of weeks ago. And that you want to evaluate a draft, go back three years ago and we did that yeah. or go back That's to right. the draft three years ago and evaluate that draft and, we did that. and then you find out really how good it is but from uh, the appearances on the outside it looks to be a really good draft and uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about Harrison and uh, that was a guy that I remember watching him and I went wow this guy's got really good fundamentals he's got really good feet got really good hands but the thing that he did that was the most impressive watching him on film was just that the consistency at finishing. Mm-hmm. And, JP, how many times have you told me or have you listened to me mm-hmm. and I've said, these guys got to finish better. They got to finish I, better. I told you that all the time. <laughs> so you got that from me. Okay. We need some finish out of That's you. fine. And so yeah, that but, makes, it does. It, but that, that's and you hear it out on the practice field all the time. Finish, that's, that's finish, what it's about. finish. And Harrison finishes really well watching the tape. And and I, and I will say that. Look, I, I I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again because I I really believe this that the Jaguars have one of the best offensive line coaches in the National Football League, and Phil Rosher. I mean, if you think about what he was able to do with Jawan Taylor. In one year, and what he was able to do with the feet of Cam Robinson in a limited amount of time. I mean, it's hard to change guys' old habits and to change the way a guy works his feet. 
But he was able to do that with those two guys in a short amount of time. And he had Ben Bartsch improving as a starter at the beginning of he, the year. I mean, Jawan Taylor gets $20 million a year. I'm sure Jawan's going to set him a fruit he, basket. He I should. hope he sends him something. <laughs> yeah, and JP, if it's fruit, he's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it better not be a fruit basket. It better be something better than that. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, buy him like a parcel of land that has 100 acres of apple trees or something. Yeah, that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, and he's he's got some great guys to work with. And, uh, yeah, that was a big piece of it, obviously. The guys who stepped in when players were injured played well on top of that. So they were ready to go. That tells you about the – the, uh, the coaching behind it too. Well, and I'm a, I'm excited to see how Barch comes back from the injury. Yeah, I mean, last we heard from Trent Baalke, at least in a, uh, a setting with press conference setting, was that yeah, he may not be ready for the start of training camp. That's what Baalke said. We'll see. I mean, it's still very early, and we got yeah, plenty of time. But but I mean, he's a guy that I thought he improved, and I, you remember I gave him like one of the most improved player awards. The, a couple years ago, because I thought he played exceptionally well and made. I don't remember that, but I'm sure two you did. years ago I, sure I said did. I thought he was one of the most improved players on this football. Did you team. get an actual trophy for him? For well, that? I don't. I don't give out trophies. I give out oh. uh, just compliments of verbal congratulations. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's good. That for, goes great on the awards. Yeah, they yeah, don't. It's got no value whatsoever. <laughs> but I thought Bart's did a tremendous job in, of improving um, in the. So last year was. The twenty-two, so t- after the, the twenty-one campaign, I thought he was one of the most improved players on the football team. Did a great job, and then he got hurt this past year. I know he's working his way back. You know, again, I've said this also before that Robbie in the training room is one of the best rehabilitation guys in the business, and and these guys that are coming back from any kind of surgery are in very good hands with Jeff and Robbie and that whole staff. They do a great job. So, uh, so I'm, but I'm looking forward to seeing Barch come back and see him compete and see him get better, and then watching some of these young guys that they drafted. You know, from Central Florida, you got one, you got another one from Appalachia State. You know, the Hodges kid, who's a local yeah, guy, that's right. seeing how they're going to do, and you know, I, I like it. You know, and look, uh, Anton Harrison is going to be living up to some high expectations. I mean, the first-round pick offensive lineman in this franchise, especially the one that was picked first by by the name of Baselli, did a pretty good job. Eugene Monroe was a good, solid player. But didn't get a in, second contract here. No, and then Luke Jokel he was – didn't either. Oh, that was a rough one. I thought, I thought he was going to be a good one. I, boy, I missed that one. And Anton Harrison, I think, is going to be a, a really good one as well. So it's going to be exciting to watch the progression. We're back in a moment. Signings. The Jaguars have signed some players this week. We'll recap it all when we return. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday afternoon. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com or Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, a live look at rainy downtown Jacksonville, the Miller Electric Center. It will be open for business July 1st. The Jaguars will get the keys, begin moving in. They'll be ready for training camp on those fields, in front of those stands, and even with rain like this, 
the fans will be covered because there's a cover over the stands. How about that? Yeah, that's a that's a really really nice setup there. And the nice thing is is that the fans or the stands have a northern face. So you mentioned this too. Sun yes. at the back. That's a good thing. Are we going to get the uh, the high tide report too? While we're maybe, at it? maybe. It's a cool, cool complex. So I, I can't wait to see it. What's amazing is how good the grass looks. Well, it's fantastic. I, I mean, mean, it's all irrigated from underneath. Wow. And air blowing and the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Now, irrigated from underneath. There's a pump somewhere over there that pumps in the water from underneath. So it doesn't have sprinkler heads no that sprinkler. pop up and go. And no crown either because it all gets sucked out. Interesting. The rainwater. Yeah. What kind of grass, JP? I'm guessing Bermuda 419 Four. is my guess. <laughs> Tiffway, Bermuda, I'm guessing. That's the only grass I know right now. It's not St. Augustine. It's the only one that's in your, yeah, in your right. memory bank. That's usually the, the one football field used, right? I don't know. Uh, bluegrass? I'm rye, not, yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have some new studios in there as well. I haven't had a chance to see those. They're being built right now. So, you know, a lot of surprises coming a little later this summer and into the fall. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Reserve your 23 premium seat membership or your individual luxury experience today. And you'll get guaranteed seats in the best locations for all the shows and so much more. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. You know, Logs, I was thinking about this during the break. We mentioned uh, your award that you gave out to to Ben Bartsch. Yeah. It was a verbal award. Remember, you know, they used to have the old Madden team. Mm -hmm. I think they gave out jackets for that, maybe. No. they no, they didn't give anything out. They didn't give anything. No. Okay, I was wrong on that. The all Iron Team, Phil Sims used to have like an iron little award thing. You should give out like uh, a Lagerman award, like uh, and have it like a like a piece of wood or something. Like it's, a piece of wood. Like a, yeah. Some log, like, a log of sorts. A log. See, I like Get that. It? I like that. I don't know yeah. what it would be would be for. I don't you know, know either. Maybe you should. You know. We're going to engrave something on the log, JP? Hey, it's your award. I, I, I don't know. Where is he, where, where, what do you want to do with that? I, you can give it to players at is the it, end of the year. Does it have to be treated for bugs and all that Probably stuff? Probably yeah. so, or it's going to go bad. Yeah. yeah, You don't want that. But, you know, some, some a keepsake for some of these guys sure. at the end of the season. Sure. I'm sure it would go right up there. Kind of how many awards are we talking about? Okay, maybe you could do well, – Give know. me some categories. All right. Um, if we're going to do an most, awards, we we got to have categories. Comebacks from the most surgeries. Just that would be one. No, let's just have comeback, that. comeback player of the year. Biggest bass caught in the offseason. <laughs> no. You no, could do that too. That's terrible. No? That's terrible. Most impactful defensive lineman. I like See, that. See, there's one. Yeah, but that's a good it, one. It, it, it could be anything you want. It's arbitrary. Who would you give that to this, this, from this past season? Devon Hamilton. That'd be That'd be a good one. That'd be a good candidate. Is this a committee meeting right now? Are we talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, we're having a committee meeting. If you had to give an award to the most impactful defensive lineman from 2022, I I mean, who would you go with? You're not, are you counting outside linebackers in this? Yes. Okay, I, well, you'd you'd have Allen, to. Josh Allen down the stretch was fantastic. He was, he was fantastic. The last month of the season yeah. was fantastic. Yes. So that's and, hard and, to overcome. And got him into playoffs. With, Correct. With the play against Tennessee. Yeah. Clutch it, catch it, it would, of the year. You know, even though outside linebackers are called linebackers, I mean, I still consider them part of the big guys group. Yeah. 
So there's you could have all kind of award categories. Yeah. If you had to give out a um, most improved player from this past year, who would you give it to? From 21 to 22? Yes. Oh, Trevor. Absolutely. All day. Who would be in second? You could do that from first half to second half if you wanted to. Yeah, somewhat. Well, who would you give it to in the se- in the like second place finisher? I think that's a great question. It's a good one, Rayshon Jenkins. He'd be a good candidate. I mean, he was good anyway, but he you know got kicked out a couple times two years ago. You know, right. He was- Upset right. with everything going on. Love his energy. Glad right. that uh, he was able to resign. I, I mean, another one would be Juwan Taylor, who we Juwan just Taylor talked was about. A, good I mean, a guy that got yeah. dramatically better. Um, All right. Well, who's going to win him this year? I don't who's going to Who's going to be the that's most improved why, Jaguar? That's why we play the games. <laughs> we, <laughs> this is why it's May and we're on the radio. We got to talk is, about that's something. That's why we play the games. So you're in for this award idea. I don't know who's I paying. Like the, I like the award idea. I don't know who's paying for these awards. We just need to, you know, find a new sponsor. We need to find a chainsaw guy to make us some trophies. <laughs> we could make the trophies easy. That, yeah. That's the easy part. Yeah, I like it. I do like it. We need something like that. We need you back in the film room too. By the way, I've been in the film. room. Well, no, we need you like with the public film room, presenting it to fans. I know they didn't ask you. I know your agent was involved. It's a whole thing. You know, the interesting but thing. It, I missed that. I don't know exactly how it works now because with the college players, are you allowed to show the college film? I don't know. Probably not. Well, you have to. I think there has to be a certain amount of money that's paid for mm. the, the for the right to show that. Mm. So, and I don't know if that's – does the league pay for that? Does no, the team pay for that? Probably. So, but I mean, I I can watch it all, but can't can, show it on can we can yeah. we show it here on Happy Hour one day? Probably not. I don't know though. I'm not a know. lawyer. I, just I don't know here. either. And if so, can you reach into your pocket and and put your money into the <laughs> the slot? <laughs> you know? Yeah, why not? The slot. I don't even think they use that. That that's so obsolete now too. You pay everything with your phone. You don't okay. have to do that. So then you can Venmo them. Right. You can just, Venmo. You know, Apple Pay, but you're not a – yeah, you're an Apple guy. Who does that money go to? Does that go to NCAA? Does it go to – The XOs people who run the video NIL? Stuff? <laughs> right. Yeah, who gets paid? Somebody's getting paid. I, I don't know. Somebody's getting paid for that. What's the highest – It's probably not the, the guy way, who shot it in the end I'm kind of new to this whole NIL thing. Or aren't we all? And so tell me and explain to me, can a guy actually come into the league and take a pay cut? Yeah, is that, theory. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on – yeah, because you're getting, you're getting paid for your name, image, or likeness. And at some places – Which is a bunch of fooey. I mean, you're, you're, getting, that's you're getting paid to play. That's what they're signed for is use of their name, image, and likeness. Correct, but they're and getting paid to I'm play. I'm telling you they're getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. <laughs> and then, uh, depending on the place, some, some places have a bigger fund behind that. And, you know, yes, in theory, if you're a really popular college player – Mm-hmm. At a strong institution with mm-hmm. a big donor base and all that, you can make a lot of money. And maybe you don't play that well, you get drafted in the seventh round. And you would take a pay cut. In theory. That's crazy. You could. Yeah. 
What's the highest NIL guy? Uh, you do know. You, do you know? I, I just out of changes, curiosity. It changes by the week. It feels. I mean, like I mean, me. ballpark. Give me a, give me a neighborhood. I'm in. Uh, you know, Bryce Young was got the first million dollar deal. Okay. So there's but guys. That was a couple years ago now. So and I'm sure it grew after he won the Heisman. So <laughs> there's some of that. That I mean, I would love to see some of the numbers of what these guys are are going to be making. And that, in the other part of that too is like you you see a number reported on some of that, but who's putting that number out? Is the NIL collective people trying to get more clients? I remember or when is it I the was school doing I was, it. Like I was, who, who you got to? Can you trust the number? I don't know about all the time if you can't. When I was in college, you know, a scholarship athlete at the time, you weren't allowed to work because it, yeah. it would do something. I guess you would be in violation of your scholarship agreement. And so I used to work and get paid cash on the side. Hmm. And is, is it the statute of limitations up on this? Or we need to call I, would th- I would think so. Indianapolis. I would right think now. so. But I mean, I was getting paid, I think, like five bucks an hour cash. Wow. Raking it in. I'm killing it's it. Big. Killing it. <laughs> you know, but the, there were side benefits and that the place actually served a lunch, which I got to eat for free there. And then when I was. violation. When I wasn't working, I got to drink for free. That's a third and a bigger violation. That was. That's where I that's, made my money. That's the key. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's why you were working. <laughs> you can't fool a. Can't kid a kidder. Uh, all right, let's quickly go around the NFL. And former NFL MVP Matt Ryan is joining CBS Sports as an analyst. He was in the studio after the season on NFL Today, of course, has saying he's not retired because the Colts still owe him money, by the way. Correct. And if, if he says that I am retired, the Colts could dispute the payments that are still guaranteed to Matt Ryan. So Matt is smart and said that, hey, I'm not retired. I'm always looking at opportunities because if he says anything different, eh. and besides, and the other thing, working for uh, as a broadcaster, don't pay fifteen, twenty million like the, it pays to play quarterback in the National Football not League. Not for most, yes, analysts. Yes, some, not most. Very few. I mean, only there's, a couple. there's one Romo. Romo. He's making Aikman, Troy's making 18, probably, 19, whatever it is. I bet Aikman's making close to that. Tom Brady's going to be making a bunch whenever whatever, if he, he does it. yeah goes in. But uh, I mean Troy, I'm sure makes very good money, but he's not making Tony Romo money. I bet he is. You think so? I bet he is. I hope he when is. When they moved over to ESPN, I think him and and Joe and Buck Joe? both got it. Yeah. Good for them. Good I'm for them. So. Uh, Jaguars defense coordinator Mike Caldwell will attend the Coach Accelerator Program at the spring meeting May 21st through 23rd in Minneapolis. Forty coaches participate. Sixteen were in that program last year, including uh, Mike Caldwell, and that puts a diverse collection of coaches in the same room as NFL owners for three days. Well, and that's good. I mean, it gives the opportunity for owners to meet Mike Caldwell and to get to know him so that when – openings become available there is a relationship that has begun already and i think that's a real positive thing by the league and hopefully it works to allow more of the minority coaches to get positions in the national football league logs your homework assignment this week work on categories for your new awards next year. and uh and i will i will study and google search nil payments <laughs> that's great Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.